Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is the Cubs-related podcast presented by CubsInsider.com. My name is Corey. I am joined, as always, by Brendan, and we are coming to you on Monday, April 6th. You are hearing this on Tuesday, April 7th, and we are still in the midst of a global pandemic. No baseball season. Everyone is staying home and practicing social distancing, or at least I certainly hope that you are. And we are here for another episode where Brendan and I try to figure out what to talk about as it relates to the Chicago Cubs. And folks, it doesn't get any easier when you have a podcast that is about a baseball team and they are not playing baseball in any capacity or really undergoing any operations as a franchise it's a little difficult. It's it's kind of our main source of material. Players are having difficulties as well, but dealing with it, we saw content from Javi Baez. He was catching Jose Barrios. We have Chris Bryan posting videos on Instagram in his batting cage in Vegas with his wife, Jess. So guys are still trying to find ways to fill the void by training and still at least trying to stay in shape from now until whenever the season actually starts. Yeah, and we we certainly appreciate the content updates. I would I would say it seems at least of anybody that I have come across or that has put out material on social media, Javi seems to have the best setup because I think that him and Jose Barrios and uh, maybe some other guys in Puerto Rico, I think are quarantining together. They've kind of like shut down everything, but together with with their families. I know they're very close and they have uh, young kids that can play together and stuff like that. So that seems like a good setup, uh, especially for Jose and Javi respectively to be able to stay home and, and do the things that they need to to keep them and their families safe. But it, it probably doesn't hurt to be uh, holed up with other professional baseball players that you can go out and practice with. And as we've seen with Javi, he's trying to hit him. And as we saw on Monday, he's also apparently catching him, which is great to see. And I got to say, that was pretty natural from Javi. Javi's Coria. got a quiet glove, man. He does. Yeah. And we've, we talked about this and in terms of his catching ability. But, uh, you know, no slight against Wilson and just shows how good and athletic Javi is. But if you didn't tell me 
that that was not a major league catcher, I would have assumed it was. He was very natural back there. Yeah, so what we're going to do for the next probably 90 to 120 minutes is we're going to break down frame by frame Javi Baez is catching and try to convert it versus ball yeah try to convert it to framing runs and plus minus and all that stuff no I'm just kidding this isn't the baseball prospectus podcast but anyway we'll see you two weeks maybe yeah nothing else to talk about then yeah we may do it right but it was I mean it was a fun video and and just to see him as we mentioned like Berrios is nasty I mean he's one of the better pitchers in the league and so for Javi to be able to try to take some live hits off of him and mess around back there catching. Uh, that was kind of funny. I, I'd be curious to see the Cubs front office's reaction, though, to Javi back behind the plate, like, you know, bending on his knees, <laughs> right. catching an actual major league pitcher. I'm, I'd be curious if Theo's kind of like... Uh, yeah. Yeah, can we just, not with that? At but, least uh, wear, like, knee savers or something. He's, like, he's nah. just going out there and putting on a chest thing, and that's it. Yeah, well, so. and, and what I would like to see, I mean, obviously, I don't think they have enough guys to actually pull this off but like I, yeah. I'd like to you know what's Javi's pop time I we know he's got a strong arm but like I'd like you know let's see it let's oh, see him gun dude. one down to second well, and let's get some runners me, out there let me tell you if David Ross's pop time was above league average as a 38 year old I would be at least shocked if Javi wasn't close to league average even though he doesn't yeah play. yeah Javi throwing to Javi would be pretty lethal well, we did see that on Cubs Insider. Yeah, that was having Kudos to you. That was excellent content right there. Yeah, but I, I think that that's been good content, and it's good to see the the guys are trying to stay in shape. I, I know we mentioned like Ian Happ, the guys that he's doing that that podcast with uh, again called the Compound. They just interviewed Jeff Garland. I think they have John Lester coming on their next episode. Ooh. So if you want to check that out, you should support the boys and their creative endeavors. Uh, but you know some of these guys are are holed up with some other players, some of their friends, so they are able to do more than just work out or you know put the ball on the tee for themselves so so hap is rooming with those guys right they're not i believe that they're somewhere in arizona hold up together yeah zach short dakota meckis and nico horner but brendan while while we're talking and and we'll get just to lay out the agenda the the, you know listen our episodes aren't always very structured in the first place but at this point brendan and i are just like sitting here riffing you know just (laughs) trying to talk about the cubs and stick to the the title of the podcast cubs related so that's what we're going to do but just to offer a little bit of structure uh like brendan said we're going to mess around with some of the stuff that we've seen from the players and then uh there are you know some more ongoing conversations although mostly in the hypothetical sense as we you know still don't really know how all this is going to play out but we'll, we'll talk a little bit about what's going on in South Korea, where they're hoping to play baseball at the end of April, like their opening day, uh, and some of the stuff and, and how that might relate to what could or could not happen here in, in the U.S. and, I guess, Canada with the Blue Jays, But uh, as it relates to Major League Baseball. But just sticking with the, the kind of lighter stuff and, and going to the social media content, there was an idea, and I'm putting you on the spot here, Brendan, because we legitimately did not discuss this beforehand, but just like we've seen Javi doing this, he's he's playing catcher, we've got Ian Happ hosting a podcast, these guys are doing some some interesting stuff. There was a, a, a rumor going around that ESPN is looking to broadcast 
NBA players playing horse with one another, but from different locations, right? So you would have, in my knowledge of working NBA players is pretty bad, but uh, you'd have like Kawhi Leonard at his house taking a shot and then it would cut to LeBron mimicking that shot in his own house and you you know you'd put it together that way i right. think they were maybe yeah. going to air it on espn this is where we're at well, dude the they're airing like nba 2k yeah. video games on there i was watching it i'm not gonna lie it yeah. wasn't 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 the so worst. there's not an easy comparison but let's just say it was the cubs let's say the cubs were going to organize something like this what what is something that you would want to see the cubs players doing if they were going to interact with one another from different locations there's not really something that's 100 percent comparable to horse just because of the nature of of baseball but is there anything you you were a you were a world-class baseball player brendan what did you guys do at practice or or things like that that we could that we could watch these guys do the the before i let you go the only thing that i thought of and i only know about this again as i stated last time i never played baseball myself but when I worked as a student manager for the University of Michigan baseball team uh, for three years, when I was a student there, they played fungo golf a lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know if that's like a common thing. It is. Okay. No, it is. All right. I, I, I assumed yeah. that. But uh, basically, it's kind of what it sounds like. Everybody has a fungo. And you pick a hole anywhere on the field. So you could say like the right field foul pole. And you take the fungos and as many hits as it takes you until you hit the foul pole, right? That was the first thing that jumped to mind just because you, you need something that's like somewhat repeatable by the other person. Although I guess if they're not playing on the same field, that's a, already a terrible idea. But I, as I said, we didn't think this through. We're doing this live, folks. But Do anything live. anything jump out, if, if Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, Javi Baez, Jason Hayward, Ian Happ, those guys were all like we're going to do something on Instagram Live together, but separate. What would you want to see them do? We used to do three, I don't know, kind of out there things. I know other teams were doing them too, but one of the things we used to do and mess around before practice uh, was go to the track and field area. And you know those, I forgot what it's even called, those like huge, like foamy beds for those pole vaulters, you know? Like we used to try and come up with like creative ways for diving catches it was almost it was almost like horse but instead of actually like missing a shot it was like a judging type thing like who had like the coolest or most creative type of uh diving catch kind of like a slam dunk more more or less so that was one thing we did uh the frisbee golf what well, we called it like a, like a frisbee golf type thing we used to get a trash can and we would get a fungo bat and we would try to see who could hit the most fungos in the trash can from like, you know, 200 feet away or 100 feet away. And it would go slower and slower close to you as like a way to end up, you know, declaring the winner, so to speak. And then the third thing we used to do was play this game called 10. I don't know if you're familiar with that with Michigan, but essentially we would have like a, like a tournament. And we would kind of like line up in almost like a relay, just like a, I don't know, whatever you have, even as a throwing partner, even if it's only two people. And if you have a catch in your chest, it's worth one point. If you catch the ball in front of your head, it's worth two points. And we used to do it from like, again, 200 feet away, 300 feet away. And eventually we would you know determine a winner like that. So you have three different competitions and all you need is a baseball bat, 
a trash can, some long field of sorts, or just one throwing partner, and you can probably do each one of those three different types of events. All right, so there are some ideas. To be honest with you, I wouldn't mind watching the Cubs players play horse themselves. I, well, they were I, doing I mean, I'd be that. They have, no, they have a, baseball, but why, like, why not? Well, they have a basketball court down there in Mesa on one of their training fields. So, yeah, why why not? If I if we were going to bet who would win, I mean, Javi would probably take home the cake, right? I mean, I I think Hayward's got some game. Uh, and, I mean, if they were getting anybody involved, we know we just talked to him that Brendan Davis is probably taking this down. But... I, you know, look, I'm never betting against Javi. Javi can do anything. So, I mean, he's like inspired by like Michael Jordan and whatnot. Yeah. So, but I, and I, I'm just going player. off of when they, I mean, Corey, he wears Jordans during, during practice. I'm just, you know, Brendan, just saying, I, I wear feel, Jordans. It doesn't mean I'm going to win the game of horse. You don't wear Jordans taking ground balls at shortstop, Corey. Very few players do that in the league. Well, he's literally wearing gym shoes. I was Jordan only going off of, if you remember, I think it was an Instagram Q&A with Ian Happ a couple weeks ago where they asked him who would be winning in basketball games or anything like that. And I think Hayward was his ultimate answer. So I'm just going with, with the, the inside scouting reports. I disagree with that. I still, I still would give it to Javi, but what do I know? You disagree with Ian Happ, who's played basketball with these players. All right. I do. Okay. I do. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, just got, I, I feel like Javi's the most athletic person. He would come up with some crazy shots. You know how he is. No slide against Jason Hayward, but I go for the most athletic person who actually is interested in basketball, and Javi's up there. All right. I mean, I hot I'll, takes over here. I'll buy it. Uh, I, I I do think like Rizzo's probably one of those guys who's taking the most obnoxious shots. You he's know, just taking the closest shot, like five feet away. Let's see if you can hit it off the board. Right, know, right. Or like, like he's that. he's climbing up on his roof and trying to throw the ball in things like that. Just like I stuff for the other guys that. are like, why, why, <laughs> you know, why are we doing this? Um, <laughs> yeah. But other fun content that we got uh i do want to talk about chris bryant in the cage it was good to see kb swinging a bat again man. it was good to hear the pop of the bat oh, man. that's what it was good did we need I know. that uh i, I do feel like him and mike could be cranking out a little more content from the cage out there in vegas i'd well, watch we'll all of it him. but uh yeah I, I i it was nice to see kb rock in the uh i think the red bull headband Mm-hmm. looking yep. looking very good doing that and it was just good to hear the the sound of the 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 ball off of Chris Bryant's bat again I think that's that's one of those like very particular sounds that I'm definitely missing in these times but I think the the lead of that series of videos this is on Chris Bryant's Instagram which is kind of rare that we get you, primetime content like this from KB uh, as much as I love the guy he's not necessarily the the most social media friendly player that the Cubs have but the lead from this video is a nine months pregnant Jess Bryant ripping line drives in the cage I mean she's got a better swing than a certain number of major (laughs) league baseball players and we don't have to get into the names because it's you know given the circumstance in the world I'm not trying to be rude to people but Jess Bryant's got a better swing than some players on the Cubs you can decide if you think I'm kidding or not, but I, go watch a video. She's ripping line drives in that cage. This might look like a normal job, but it's not. When hackers infiltrate networks and steal or destroy proprietary data, we're all at risk. Becca used to be a mid-level programmer until she earned a master's degree in cybersecurity online at Grand Canyon University. Now she's setting sophisticated honeypots to lure and catch hackers. What do you think protecting your company looks like? 
GCU offers over 175 high-quality online programs like this one. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Well, she's, you know, she used to be a softball player, but yeah. not despite any names, but going back to those earlier teams, you look at Ted Lilly or you look at <laughs> even Rich Hill when Rich Hill was a Oh, cub. she definitely has a better swing there's than Rich no, Hill. Rich Hill is a clown a, at the plate. Come on. There's n- there's no doubt about yeah. that. I, I got it. Like, <laughs> Ted Lilly's swing, Corey, was the worst swing and still remains the worst swing I've ever seen. I can, like, even my JV baseball team in high school, again, I love Ted, Ted Lilly over here. Don't don't get me wrong, but that swing, something was wrong with that. He had that little hitch that went down to the hip. It was terrible. Just no doubt about it has a way better swing than him. Yeah. And and again, like, I don't think I can make this clear enough. She is literally nine months pregnant. Like, that baby is yeah. due any day now and Dude, she's in the I cage think just a, I think she has a better drive. swing than Taylor Davis even like I, again this is not this even like, I don't even want to spite Jess by giving these comparisons over here just it shouldn't be hate. viewed as a slight she's got a good swing it's, I mean that launch angle swing. was no joke man yeah that was real that was real stuff it was real stuff. Uh, but, I want to get some like Statcast metrics on next. Yeah, you know Mike has well, all I'm that sure Mike up. has the the cameras in there. I'm sure he can pull up the data real quick. I'm going to uh, have to ask him about that. That was that was legit. But so that I think is is point A. Point B was the way that the video ends, where we get a little insight into Chris Bryant's sense of humor. Uh, so Jess takes this swing. She rips a line drive in the cage, and KB walks up to her and says, "You know, nice swing." And then he turns to a television that is outside of the cage and says to the camera, better swing. And what's on the television is his home run off of Chris Sale in the 2016 All-Star game. And it was then you hear him, timed up too. And then you hear him like faintly in the background going, let's go. <laughs> this was great. So uh, if there's one silver lining of this entire situation and there really isn't but if we're you know just looking for trying to find something chris bryant showing us a little social media personality is is going to be one of them uh that was very funny and a a video that was a a definite a definite welcome addition to uh the weekend and and so that that was great um but yeah it was it was one of those videos where it's like a little difficult to figure out exactly what the the main point was because like boy that was really funny from chris bryant but can we rewind a second and go back to a pregnant jess bryant just ripping line drives here in this cage isn't she due in like a week or two it's i I mean i don't i don't know uh chris doesn't answer my my texts or okay. phone calls. Well, maybe I'll have to text them personally. Yeah, but uh, I, I, I mean, I think that I, I know from their announcement video that it's April, so it, it, I believe, is any any time now. Um, yeah. So, I, you know, does More that warrant an emergency podcast? Probably not. But whenever it happens, you can bet that you that's going to we'll be the first actually. thing we're going to talk about whenever that comes out. Uh, and since it's just before this, and we are talking about them, uh, this is obviously a. a it's a scary time for everybody. So uh, best wishes to the Bryan family, you know, to, to Jess, mother, uh, Chris, father, and uh, the upcoming baby. Or, you know, I think all of all of Cubsdom is is waiting very excitedly to meet our, our newest family member, uh, whatever his name ends up being. So that is what we have, I think, content-wise. Uh, looking around, you know, again, like some of these guys – 
just aren't as big of, of presences on social media, so we, we kind of go a little bit without hearing from them. I know we heard from Jason Hayward and Wilson Contreras on Monday kind of going along with some, some larger PSAs about how important it is to stay home. Uh, I know the city of Chicago w- was doing one kind of that we're, we're all in this together. We're taking it very seriously, and they participated in that. But uh, a lot of the guys we, we don't necessarily hear from. I, I, I'm very excited for whenever the episode of Ian Hap's podcast airs. He's interviewing John Lester and Mike Napoli on whenever the next one comes out. I don't know if they have a posting schedule or it's just whenever they do the interviews. But John, we really haven't heard from during this. And I don't expect to hear from him much other than this. Uh, this is, you know, he's he seems more likely to just be quarantining with his family and out in a deer stand probably yeah, six feet from anybody else that's crying. in a deer stand and uh yeah no we we just may not hear too much from him so it'll be interesting to hear what they talk about and i and i look forward to specifically ian happ having a conversation with john lester just just ian happ's kind of dry sarcastic sense of humor and the way he goes about things. But he's like the best person for a podcast on the Cubs. Like he he's sneaky funny. Like you're saying, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Humor. But I, I just think like he's gonna be able to have a, a fun conversation with John Lester, I think. I think he's gonna know the the right buttons to push and things like that. Do you think John will laugh on the podcast? Yeah, I don't know. The the the, the podcasts that I've listened to of theirs have been pretty light in nature. I mean obviously they're they're having a good time and also kudos to them for managing a four person interview team like when they had Jeff Garland you got four guys trying to jump in and ask questions so that's uh that is a tall order and not one that I envy but I look forward to that him and Napoli should be a good time you're getting kind of that old veteran sense of humor right been around the block a little bit with a bunch of young guys right so I I think that that should be uh I, I think that should be an interesting interview, but we'll we'll have to wait and see. But I think as far as like the the content going around, that is pretty much where we are at. I would want to move next to just kind of where things are a little bit in the world. And as I mentioned before, South Korea is hoping to get their season underway at the end of April or at some point in April here. And it's kind of something to look at for Major League Baseball. And I'm looking at an article from Brett Taylor at Bleacher Nation who had a good write-up on this. And basically, I think the key is obviously they're going to be playing with no fans in all of the videos and photos that we've seen, all of the players, coaches, umpires, everybody's wearing a face mask and things like that. And as as Brett points out, it's it's sort of a, a good model for what the U.S. would be hoping for. I know we mentioned last week that Major League Baseball still obviously hoping to get as much in as they possibly can. Um, I know that there was talk uh, from some of the main writers that they're potentially even looking at playing somewhere where they can all contain it to like one area. Um, mm. I, you know, like Arizona is an example. I, I think Arizona maybe doesn't work because it's extremely hot in the summer. So I just don't know if that's something that they would be able to do, especially because a lot of these, you know, all these spring training facilities are outside. So you you definitely have the elements to compete with there, but in that sense, right? So that you don't have travel going on. You can kind of keep everybody in one area. They go wherever they're living, you know, kind of like an Olympic village kind of thing, right? 
And yeah. th- so I, I don't remember if it was Ken Rosenthal or somebody, but 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 there was talk about this uh, going on from some of the main writers. And so I think that's a, a scenario that they're going to look at. As we said last time, like this is just stuff that they're talking about. We don't know what the actual timeline is going to be. It may be nothing at the end of the day. We, they might just end up bagging this whole thing. We don't really know. But this is what they're talking about at the current moment. So each mm-hmm. time we, we come on, we'll – if there is an update or even anything that these guys are talking about, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit and just kind of hypothesize on what this would mean and, and how this would all work. But I, I wanted to bring up some of the questions that Brett asks in this article on Bleacher Nation because I think this is the this is the stuff that we need answers to if this was actually going to happen. So if everything goes well, and hopefully it does, and, and the, the curve flattens and we start seeing more positive results, less cases, and, and, and society starts moving back towards normal and, and getting things functioning again, I that that's obviously the hope. But there would still be questions to ask as to how exactly, even without fans, this would all work. And as we talked before, like they're going to try their best to do something because there's just so much revenue and so many jobs and and things like that that you're just going to want to play something and and have something to put out there. But Brett asked some some pretty relevant questions and a lot of it relates to testing for this virus. And the main questions that Brett asks are what if they restarted and even if they're let's say Arizona or Florida or one of these places where you have a bunch of stadiums where you can kind of play in a contained single area like what if then a player does test positive once you've restarted things do you have to shut it all down again are you able to test everybody and as brett kind of points out like it's it's hard to then balance some of these questions because you know let's say someone on a particular team does test positive you can't exactly just like remove that entire team for two weeks or whatever it would be to be safe and get them tested or, or whatever. So that's really the tricky part with this is is at what point do they have enough tests, enough information, uh, enough ability to actually do this? Because I, I, I don't think that they're going to do this, Brendan. And, and you can, and again, I'm not a doctor. We're, we're just hypothesizing here. We were like, don't take medical advice from us other than the suggestion to stay at home. But what, like, they're not going to start this unless they are positive that they can do this safely and without interruption again because I, I don't see them taking the risk of like yeah let, let's let try this and if something happens something happens like I, I think they would do, am I wrong on that like would they rather cancel the entire thing or risk like say starting it for two weeks and then having to shut it down again because that seems like an absolute mess the latter yeah everything is dependent on having by maybe June or July, sufficient testing. So we could be talking about this, but we're talking about this under the assumption that the United States and even Canada's testing, they're up to standards to deal with a potential outbreak again. Because South Korea was able to have that infrastructure in place. And so actually, Jeff Passan was talking to Dan Straley. You remember Dan Straley from the Cubs. He was actually involved in the Addison Russell and Jeff Samarja 
deal in 2014. So Straley is playing in Korea right now. And so Passon was talking about him, how they're dealing with a potential outbreak if they were to start the season. And so Dan uh, Straley said, quote, if anybody, anybody, even the number one starting pitcher to the person cleaning, security, R&D, anybody gets sick in that time, we postpone two weeks, end quote. And he went on to say that everyone's wearing masks. You have, of course, every single sanitization procedure in place. But right now you have the teams in Korea. They're doing intra-squad games. I was watching the intra-squad games, very fun, in empty stadiums. And I would say half the guys are wearing masks there. And what they do in Korea, very different than how they handled it in the United States. You can read all about that. But basically, they have the ability to pinpoint potential hotspots based on their testing. So even if the the outbreak kind of happens, again, in small pockets within Korean baseball, they will shut down for two weeks. They will quarantine those who have been exposed. After two weeks goes by, they reevaluate and they'll start the season again. Of course, for Major League Baseball, because you're starting a little bit later, that's going to have more dire effects. But if we're looking at the KBO, the Korean Baseball Organization, as a template for United States sports, that's what they're doing. They have testing in place. They are testing even those who are not even showing symptoms, not even asking for tests, they're testing them anyway because they have the capability of doing that. So hopefully by June, the U.S., Major League Baseball can get to a point where testing is readily available and fast within the same day. And if they can do that, I personally would have more confidence. But until we have that ability, it's still everything is still up in the air. Yeah, and and I think like baseball is in you know, it's not a contact sport, obviously. And for the most part, you can keep guys away from each other. But there are still those, you know, the catcher and the batter have to be a certain distance from one another. You can't really play the game if you're going to change that, right? And, you know, you do have tags and, and things like that that you can't really eliminate. I mean, so while it's baseball too. So it's, 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 right. it's a difficult strategy. Yeah, it, it's so while it's not, you know, football where you have guys like literally climbing all over one another every five seconds, it, it's, it's not completely social distancing safe, right? Yeah. Like you can't keep everybody six feet from each other without touching anything or, uh, you know, obviously you can't Clorox the ball every time you're throwing a pitch. Um, so those, those I think, are, are, are the questions that they're going to be dealing also, with. Also, one and- other detail that I do want to bring out as well because it could happen to MLB. So actually in the NPB, so this is the Japanese Baseball League, they were going to ramp up their season again and one of their uh, star pitchers for the Hanshin Tigers tested positive. And so they had a uh, delay their start. And then the same thing happened in the Chinese Basketball League. You had them ramping up to get their season started. Someone tested positive. And now they're delayed. And the NBA is using that as an example of possibly trying to plan for a canceled season. So you have other teams, or rather leagues, particularly in Asia, who are trying to get their leagues back up and running. Two of the three have had a pause because of unforeseen testings, but point being, they're still going to try 
despite some of those players testing positive to get their league back in shape. And if the if the if the Cubs, if Major League Baseball can have the same testing capabilities, I don't see why they wouldn't try to do the same thing that these Asian leagues are doing. So that is pretty much where they're at with that. Like like I said, this is all hypothetical, and you know I I don't think that they're going to have an easy time. I mean, even just in that in that hypothetical that they were talking about, where you know they'd want to be playing in one area where you didn't have to do a lot of traveling and stuff like that. Like that's easier said than done. Uh, and would it, you know, there, there would be a lot of moving parts in that and, and questions you'd, you'd have to ask about some of those things. So I'm not sure exactly where they are going to land on this, but it, it is, I think, at least somewhat hopeful to look at South Korea and say, you know, they, they've gotten themselves in a place where they can at least attempt this. They feel good enough right. and safe enough to attempt this. It's it's kind of closer to things moving back to some semblance of normal. And I, I think, you know, we, we kind of have to take the things that are hopeful at this point in in the in the world. So whether that's something that we're able to replicate here in the United States remains to be seen. Uh, but obviously we were not working on any any timeline anywhere close to that. I mean, I think the last time we heard from the major league executives and, and kind of the thing that we were talking about last week was July 1st at the earliest. There's no you way. Know? And there's, so, there's no, I mean, well, maybe, but I, maybe I'm is, just saying not right South now, Korea's trying to get this going at the end of April. You know, that's two months, you know, two, three months from now, if you're talking about the, the potential U.S. timeline. So yeah. a lot can change. That, that's the only reason I bring that up, is that it, the MLB is not aiming to do this in a couple weeks, right? Mm-hmm. They're aiming to do this even at the earliest months from now. So I think you would just have to hope that things can progress. And if that's possible, great. If it's even longer than that, I, you know, I, I think any um, any positive developments would be particularly great. And that is what we're going to, I think, continue to have to hang our hopes on. But uh, I think it, it remains clear that un- unless it is really safe and, and, you know, something that they can pull off without hitches, I, I don't think they're going to do it. Right. So that that's kind of the stuff that, that you're looking at. And I think it's it's relevant. We, we don't want to spend too much time like digging into the the updates on the virus and stuff like that like you should be getting that material from not brendan and i um but there is a baseball league somewhere else in the world and they are are getting closer to you know maybe figuring this out so i think it is relevant to kind of look at this and and ask can major league baseball be on a similar timeline uh or can they get on a similar timeline at some point so that's kind of what you're looking at as as far as that is concerned um i do want to turn it now and i'll let you run through this a little bit brendan i think you probably have a a deeper understanding of this i'm not much of an mlb draft guy i think you guys know that um but the draft obviously has a lot of implications with all of this. They, they've made changes to the draft. And the, the, the question I would ask for you, Brendan, is can you briefly summarize what is going on with the draft in the 2020 season? Obviously, college leagues, everything has shut down, right? So that's yeah. all over, not happening. We're not going to have a college World Series, anything like that. Um, so what exactly is, is, is going to go on with the draft? And I think more relevant for our listeners, how exactly does this affect a team like the Chicago Cubs? Okay. 
there's a lot of moving parts with the draft, but the point, the end point in everything I'm about to bring up is that because the Cubs are a big market team, a shortened draft is going to hurt them more than your mid-market to small-market team. So the uh, MLB and MLBPA, they agreed to a deal to potentially shrink the draft down from 40 rounds to perhaps as little as five rounds. And again, that's based on moving parts. So you're going from a drastically shortened draft, which is by part going to influence how much of uh, money available teams can use to spend on their draft picks. So that means the Cubs, their pool, their draft allotment pool could be as big as around seven and a half million or as small around 6.7 million. And this is all coming from uh, MLB Pipeline and from Brett Taylor's post on Bleacher Nation. So with the competitive balance in place, the Cubs aren't privy to those advantages. So because of a shortened draft, whereas they could be seeing their uh, pool shrink by 12 to 13%, the Cardinals, who draft 21st in comparison to the Cubs drafting 16th, they would only see their pool shrink by about 10%. So we're looking at around a 2% difference between the Cubs shrinking pool and the Cardinals shrinking pool. And that's just because of those competitive balance picks. So how does that affect the Cubs? Well, the first thing is this is their highest pick they've had in many years, picking 16th. It's their highest since 2015. And so they're not going to be at an advantage to capitalize off of those players who would have entered the draft, particularly looking at those high schoolers, right? Those senior high school players who their season is not even going to happen. So are scouts going to be comfortable drafting what will be players based on their junior seasons in high school? Are they willing to give millions of dollars to a 16-year-old? I don't I don't know. Maybe maybe they are. And likewise for those junior college baseball players, right? Those junior college baseball players who are not going to play a season, they're debating, should I go to the draft or should I go back for my senior season in college? Those guys may not be available either. So the pool is going to be shortened, and from a talent perspective, I can't speak to how that's going to affect it on a, a complete level, but my my expectation is you're losing talent. Like You're going to have guys who are debating between college and Major League Baseball as a high schooler whether to go pro or whether to go college. And not only that, their decision is going to be dependent upon teams willing to give them money, willing to draft them. And I don't know if teams can commit to that right now. And you can say the same thing about those junior college baseball players as well. So point being, we could be seeing a draft from as little as five rounds. That's it, five rounds, no more, no no less. That's insane to think about. But you're going to have the Cubs be at a slightly bigger disadvantage because they are a big market team. They're not going to get some of those advantages like the Cardinals get who are not considered a big market team. So that's where we are with the draft. You know, this is a very fluid situation. So by the time you're reading or hearing about this, maybe something changed. So you always got to check back almost on a day-to-day level to see what actually is being changed. 
So that is where that is. That that I think you know in the amateur side of things is is certainly obviously the the details of getting the major league season yeah. underway are very complicated in and of themselves. Right. Uh, but I think the the amateur side of things, the draft and stuff like that, is you know this is going to have some pretty long term ramifications, especially as you were mentioning, just for some of these young players, uh, some some very difficult and I think likely very confusing decisions to be made. And you know you certainly have guys who had a certain plan and path that they were on and that has obviously been uh, pretty greatly affected by the way that this is all going to change so uh, obviously I think how this whole thing affects the MLB draft is not necessarily one of the most important things in the world but it is baseball related Uh, and as this all happens you know that's how it's going to play out so I think uh, at least something worth chatting about just for a second. Uh, but yeah, it's it, there is a lot of moving parts to this. But I think as we've said, like the, the MLB guys and the owners and the Players Association are in pretty constant talks about how to potentially pull this off and, and what they can do. And again, they're, they're trying to get out as much as they possibly can from this situation. Whether they'll be able to do that obviously remains to be seen. But I, I think that's a, about it for like the current goings on on things. And 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 look, as I, as always, we appreciate you guys tuning in. I know that that some of this is not what we would all like to be talking about, and it may not be the most interesting stuff. And and especially as it relates to to getting things going again, it's all hypothetical at the moment. So uh, you know, I I know that it's not uh, material wise exactly the best stuff. But we appreciate you guys tuning in, and I'll I'll we'll end with this for this episode, and and we'll. We'll, we'll see what we have for next time, right? But uh, the NBC Chicago Cubs account posted a question, and I just want to get your answer. And I and I want your answer, Brendan, because I think it is you, – you have a particular affinity for one player that I believe is a potential answer for this question, okay. but doesn't seem to be the resounding answer to this question. And and the question is this. If you could pick one all-time Cubs pitcher to complete to compete in a home run derby, oh my God. who are you going with? Uh, well, I mean like the the layup here is Jake Arrieta, right? Like that's, that's, that's the that, person you have the affinity for, that's, but that's that is it, looking in the replies and around Cubs Twitter you know who, and you know who potentially thinking is. logically it's not the the main answer. You got to go Big Z, Corey. Right, you that's the main to. answer. Yeah. yeah, especially the switch hitter, the power, the personality. I love Jake, don't get me wrong, but like, you know, Big C with the bat as a switch hitter was pretty remarkable, so yeah. I got to go Big C. I mean, J- I mean Jake hit pumps though. Like let's not let's I, not Look, you're 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 preaching to the choir over here in terms of like Do you like Jerry Jake Arrieta? I, uh, no, I hate Jake Arrieta. But, oh, okay. but but I mean, I I, I don't know. I feel like the the personality for Big Z he could be taking five swings from the left side. Five no, I think the the, right re- the real answer is Carlos Zambrano. Yeah. I mean, like the dude was a switch hitter. I mean, and he was an animal. Like, there's just no question. <laughs> no, it's about funny it, actually. But... The, the thought came to mind. There was a video about the Cubs con, and they're uh, following Nico Horner around. I don't know if you saw this. And uh, Nico is talking to I think I, I, it was one of his friends, but he looks at Big Z. He turns to her and he says, "Look, that's that's Carlos Zambrano. He's uh, you know, he's kind of a big deal." So it's, it's funny to see like the young Cubs look at Big Z as that that legend type figure that we look at, you know, someone like Ferguson Jenkins or Ernie Banks and you know of, of that nature. So that was kind of right. cool to see. Okay, but so now we've we brought this all full circle. We've answered our own question. 
yeah. from the beginning of the podcast. What we need the Cubs to do, and if Marquis is looking for content, we don't even want to, you know, we, we don't even need a kickback or like a, a fee or anything for the idea. It's free. Get me Jake Arrieta on a field. Get him 10, 20 pitches, whatever. I, I, I don't care who's throwing it. Um, get me Big Z on a field. They can be in separate locations. Doesn't matter. Similar dimensions on the field, right? Or if we can measure it somehow, I don't know. And just have them hit tanks. Let's yeah. just see. Give them ten pitches each. Who hits the most tanks? Right. No doubt. Yeah, I, I think that works. I think so. That would be so great who do you who do you have your money on it then? So you have let's say you have Jake Arrieta versus Big Z. So one versus one. Who are you picking? Well, okay. So the only variable, and I know that he was pitching for the independent team, the Chicago Dogs. But like Jake is obviously okay. In, prime prime he, Big Z versus prime Arrieta. Like twenty sixteen Arrieta I mean, versus like two thousand seven Zambrano. Yeah. Well, oh man, I don't know, dude. <laughs> we look at in a in a especially in a in a BP style home run derby setting, I, they might both just hit ten home runs on ten pitches. I, I you know I don't know. You know who's a sneaky pick? And I say this John with, Lester. Well, you know I love John. We were all thinking it, Brendan. It's fine. I, it's fine. You finally got it out. But you Darvish is a sneaky pick. There's a yeah. video of him batting lefty. Well, Ch- I mean Chatwood too. Yeah, Chatwood's good. That's another good one. But actually, you know Travis Wood, dude. There's a lot of good Cubs hitting pitchers in uh, yeah. the the history. Sure. I mean, but, we're not even going that far back, really. Yeah. We, we were mean, kind of going within our lifetime. Yeah, you like, know? you know, Ted Lilly and Rich Hill. Carrie Wood. <laughs> hit some bombs in his life. Yeah. Well, you know, Carrie Wood and Jake Eard, they kind of have the Kerry same Wood swing. Carrie Wood was borderline the offensive p- p- player of an entire playoff <laughs> yeah. series back in 2003. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so, he'd, he'd be in the conversation. But I, I, so I, so you're going, you're going Big Z. style, I think you're coming down to Arietta and, and Big Z. And, I mean, I think they'd put on a show. I, really I, I would did. go Arietta. Here, here, here's my logic. It's stamina. How can you bet against Jake Arietta's Pilates, his no slide against Big I don't Z. Know. I don't know, man. I think if you're betting against him on anybody, it might be Zambrano. I mean, the dude's just a horse. I mean, Arietta's a crazy human being, man. He's like yeah. eating like tree bark and stuff like that. He's like Gabe Kapler, <laughs> basically in, in a pitcher form. So I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like the the favorite would be Big Z. I feel like the like the the money line would be like like minus one twenty. But for Arietta, I would take it even. I think he could very well compete. I, I think it would be interesting, I, and I think this is a, a fascinating conversation. I, if they were to do it now, I think obviously the the only question is, you know, how how many hacks has Big Z been taking, you know, since he's not been a, a major league baseball player? I don't I don't know the answer to that because obviously Jake is still. Well, I mean, right uh, now I would take you know Arietta. Well, but, but again, that's what they got to do. Well, so I'm just in in hypo, you know hypotheticals. Oh, sure. Big sure. prime time. I still may bet Arietta. Like 2016 Arietta versus 2007 Big Z. Like, I, I, I think I would pick Arietta. What a matchup. I know. <laughs> I, I, again, like, and I, and I don't say this as a joke. Like, I do think if, if you were, especially if it's just BP style, right? They're not facing like literal live pitching. Like, I think Lester would make some noise in a bracket like this. He's got a smooth swing. I've always seen mechanics. You. you know that. You know that. I've always been on, on Team Lester from his. Like, yeah. And I mean, he point. can drive the ball, man. I mean, yeah. he's got a, he's got a, he's got a powerful swing, that Johnny. He does. So. That's that's where we are, folks. I mean, that's where we are in the world. We're debating which 
pitchers would win a home run derby? This was a good question from the NBC Cubs account, uh, and a, and a, and a tricky one. And, and I'm sure there are people who are older than us that are, are suggesting other answers that Brendan and I just wouldn't necessarily be able to speak on. And maybe this conversation is even more interesting than I even even think it is. And it's pretty interesting because I just I, now I'm now I'm envisioning Big Z and Arietta just going tank for tank, right? Like anything you can do, I can do better. And I I kind of need it. I kind of need this content. I don't really know if show. it's possible. We can simulate but... that on the show. We'll see what happens. I, yeah, I suppose that that's not exactly the same thing. Uh, <laughs> but we were talking about what can what the NBA is maybe going to have players from their houses playing horse. I think this is maybe something that the Cubs uh, or the MLB could do because really you just need somebody players. to throw BP yeah. and you need somebody standing somewhere. I mean, they don't even have to be on a baseball field. I mean, just see how far they hit the ball. We can judge if it might have been a home run or not. We'll figure it out. But yeah, I, I, I think my money would be on Zambrano. I, I think if, if Arietta beat him, I'd be like, okay, I'm not really surprised or upset about it, but I'd, I I think I'd rather go down with Zambrano just given the way that he hit throughout his career. And uh, you're just going to have that. Like, I don't care if he hasn't played in a long time or, you know, he's playing independent ball, but, like, you know that dude has the tenacity. No, no, he's no, going to no. try to win, right? Like, no matter what, he is going to try to win that competition. So uh, I'll ride with, with Big Z, I think. Um, if we're only doing current players, though, like, obviously I'm taking John, and, you know, I'm happy to go down with that ship if he doesn't win. But, yeah, that's uh, where we're at with this stuff. So, that I think is a, a pretty decent update of the goings on in the baseball world and what is going on with the Cubs. We'll uh, get back on with you soon, as as long as there's some semblance of anything to talk about. Perhaps we can think of more hypothetical questions. We can go back in time and talk about more things. We'll see. Uh, but that kind of depends on what is going on in the world and everything else. And obviously, we will try to keep updated with where the MLB is with things, how this is all going to affect a season, if they are able to get it going at some point, how it might affect things if they are not able to get things going at some point, and anything else in between. As we have said throughout this process, uh, sincerely appreciate you guys still tuning in. Uh, It's a good distraction for Brendan and I. It's good entertainment for Brendan and I, and uh, hopefully we are able to provide that to you guys at some point. Um, And also, you know, just your support in this particular time. It means a lot. I know that there's a lot of stuff to do and content to consume and, um, you know, worldly issues to concern yourself with. So if you tune into us, uh, even just for a little bit, we appreciate it. And as always, like baseball is is not the most important thing here. So wherever this episode finds you, Brendan and I sincerely hope that it finds you in an okay place, that you, your family, your friends are safe, healthy, and and able to get through this situation all right, uh, that everything is okay with your job and anything else that you have going on. Um, we appreciate you guys listening. We're, you know, sort of a, a little Cubs-related family here. So we are certainly thinking about you guys and hope that wherever this episode finds you, whenever this episode finds you, you are in an okay place with all of this. Uh, but as always, thank you guys for listening to the Cubs-related podcast. And whether they are playing baseball games or we are talking about which pitcher would win a home run derby, go Cubs. Keep your whole home running like clockwork from the office to the game room with Xfinity Internet. You'll get the best in-home Wi-Fi experience with reliable speed and coverage. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. 
Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today to learn more. Restrictions apply. This might look like a normal job, but it's not. When hackers infiltrate networks and steal or destroy proprietary data, we're all at risk. Becca used to be a mid-level programmer until she earned a master's degree in cybersecurity online at Grand Canyon University. Now she's setting sophisticated honeypots to lure and catch hackers. What do you think protecting your company looks like? GCU offers over 175 high-quality online programs like this one. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.